Hey, this is Chris. Hope you're doing well and welcome to Popcorn Finance, the show where we discuss finance and about the time it takes to make a bag of popcorn. It would be accurate to say that the amount of information that we've all been seeing around the stock market, inflation and interest rates, it's been a lot to take in. And so it makes complete sense. I've been getting more questions sent into the podcast. There's one topic in particular that's popped up, and that is I-bonds. And so to help me dive deeper into this topic, I've asked Kate Dorr to join me. She's a certified financial planner and reporter on CNBC's personal finance team. So, Kate, how are you doing? And thanks for joining me. Really good. Thanks so much for having me, Chris. I saw this topic and it was like almost perfect timing because I saw the question come in and then I was on Twitter and I saw you posted a link to an article you wrote for CNBC. It was called Here's Where I-Bonds May Work in Your Portfolio, According to Financial Advisors. So I was like, Perfect timing. I know exactly who I want to bring on to help me answer this question. So let's first hear the question that came in from Brandy, and then we'll get into a little breakdown of what's going on with all of this. Hi, Chris. Congrats on 300 episodes. I'd love to hear your thoughts on I-bonds and whether or not they are a good thing to purchase right now and any considerations we should have in terms of when to purchase and how to include them with our overall investment strategies. Thanks. All right. So this is a great question that came in. Kate, I think it would be helpful first to just break down like what is an I-bond? Yeah, Chris. So it is an inflation protected investment that is backed by the federal government, to put it very basic terms. Basically, bonds are a form of debt. And in return for you lending that money to either the government or a private company, you basically you'll get a yield in return for them allowing to keep your money. This type of bond has actually been around since 1998. And it actually, the the interest rate has two parts. So there's a fixed part, and then there's also a variable rate. And that variable rate adjusts every six months based on the consumer price index. So when we hear inflation is this every month, it's based on that every six months. So we just got a recent rate increase based on the March inflation data. And we'll see another update in November based on the September inflation data. Got it. Okay. So every six months, they're pulling the inflation data and then using that to calculate a new interest rate for these bonds. Yes, that's exactly right. So this sounds interesting. Sounds very intriguing. It makes sense why Brandy's in this question and why I see so much uh, on the internet about them. So, I mean, is it just the interest rate that's making everyone talk about them right now? Because I feel like I hear about them constantly. And, you know, if I look back, you know, the past several years, I don't think I've heard one person ever ask me a question about an I-bond. Yeah, well, as of March, the March Consumer Price Index, which is based on you know, the new rate that we have for I-bonds, that annual rate was 8.5% annually. And so that hiked up the current I-bond rate for the next six months to 9.62%, the variable wow. portion of that rate that I was talking about. The other special thing about these bonds is because they're backed by the federal government, it won't lose principal, meaning the amount that you paid, that amount, you'll never go lower than what you initially put in. And, mm. you know, in the investing world, generally speaking, the safer something is, the lower yield typically that you get. But that's really not the case with this particular asset in this moment in time. That's true. That is very special to have something that's safe as you can get really when it comes to an investment, but also give you such a big return. So, OK, this makes sense. Why everyone's talking about it? Like, hey, look, this is something safe. I can get a bunch of money back. Why, why not give it a try? So I want to kind of dive into like, what are some of the pros and cons? Because there's always pros and cons with everything. So when we're talking about bonds, our I-bonds in particular, let's focus on the pros first, just to be positive. So what are some of the pros for why someone would purchase an I-bond? Yeah. So of course, the biggest pro at the moment is this 
9.62% that is locked in for six months. So if you buy it between now and November, you'll get that 9.62% annual rate and it's paid to you on a monthly basis. The other biggest pro is that, as I mentioned, it's relatively safe. It's not 100% risk-free, but it is backed by the government, meaning that it's, again, fairly safe, especially compared to what we've seen in the stock market, given all the volatility we've seen in, in 2022. Mm. When the interest is paid, so it's paid monthly, do you, as the owner of this I-bond, do you get the interest right away or does it kind of just sit there with the bond until you actually, I guess, sell it or redeem it? Yeah, that's a great question, Chris. So it does stay with the bond until you redeem it. And that's actually a great segue into some of the cons that go along with this particular asset. You know what? Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll hop into some of the cons that you need to look out for when it comes to investing in I-bonds. Okay, Kate, so we were talking about cons of purchasing I-bonds because we talked about the pros, which is a really nice looking interest rate, (laughs) a nice yield that comes with it. Uh, What are some of the cons that people should look out for? Yeah, the big one is most important for you to know is that you absolutely cannot touch that money for at least one year. If you're thinking, hey, this may be a great spot for my emergency fund, probably not, you know, because if your car breaks down or you have an emergency medical bill, you can't quickly tap this money the way that you would if it were sitting in your checking account or a savings account. And so that is a big con. And again, a reason why a lot of advisors say this isn't really a place where you'd want to put your your rainy day fund. Okay, that's good to know. So it's like completely locked. Like even if you beg, they wouldn't give it back to you before the 12 months is up. No, no. The other con related to that is that if you cash them in within five years, you'll lose the last three months of interest. Again, may not be a huge deal depending on how things look. If you're talking about over the course of this next year, it may still be higher than what you had, say it was sitting in a certificate of deposit or a savings account earning, you know, 1% or somewhere hovering around there. You may still get ahead, even if you lose that three months of interest, say over the course of a year, but you just don't know. It depends on what the rate looks like. But that is something to keep aware that if you cash it in within five years, you're going to lose the last three months interest as a penalty, which is kind of like a certificate of deposit. Got it. Okay. That makes it sounds very similar to a CD. Like it's meant to be there for a set amount of time. And if you want to leave early, it's going to cost you some interest. So that, that makes sense. But I think that is really interesting. The point about it being a 12 month lock-in period, because yeah. I think it sounds so attractive. It's like, Oh, well, let me put as much money in as I can. But then you just won't, if emergency does pop up and all of your emergency fund is in an I-bond, then you're, you're kind of out of luck. But there are some limitations, right? On how much you can actually buy in I-bonds. Yeah. So there's a 10,000 per person limit per calendar year. You have the option of buying another 5000 in paper I-bonds <laughs> through your tax oh. refund, which, again, probably not ideal for everyone. <laughs> Otherwise, you'd be going to Treasury Direct to buy these online. But then you may also buy another 10000 say, if you had a business or you had a trust or an estate. So let's just say a married couple, you know, they could each buy 10000 per calendar year. But as an individual, if you didn't have a business, didn't have a trust, didn't have a state, that would be 10000 limit per calendar year unless you got the extra 5000 as part of your tax refund and paper I-bonds. Okay, I know. These are great details to keep in mind. So, Brandy, I hope this kind of breaks down what an I-bond is. And maybe if all the money you have available to put into an I-bond is your emergency fund, maybe it's not a good idea to lock that up. It's kind of up to you to determine kind of what's going on with you and how this works into your overall financial plan. Kate, thank you so much for breaking all this down and talking us through I-bonds. Before we get out of here, is there anything going on that you want to share with listeners some, somewhere they can go find out more about what you have going on or maybe check out a recent project you've been working on? Yeah. So as you mentioned at the top of the show, I'm a reporter for CNBC.com and reporting on everything from taxes, investing, retirement planning, a little bit of everything, always trying to break down 
complicated topics, whatever's happening uh, in Congress and sort of trying to tell people how it relates to their wallet. And then also, you know, I do appear from time to time on CNBC's Twitter spaces as well. So something else to check out. Our personal finance team has a This Week Your Wallet show to kind of break down the news of the week and let everybody know how it affects their finances. Okay, perfect. I'll put links to all that in the show notes so that way people can follow along with your work because you've written some amazing pieces for CNBC. And if they want to join you uh, live or a Twitter space, they can hop in there too. So thank you again. I really appreciate you, you breaking this down and joining me here on the show. Thanks, Chris. And if you're looking to nerd out on iBonds a little bit more, you're like, Chris, that was some good information, but I need even more. Uh, don't worry. As I mentioned in the show notes, you'll find links to Kate's article on iBonds as well as some other resources uh, that I put together if you want to kind of dig into the topic a little bit more. And while you're at it, why not come over, connect with me on YouTube? Just go to youtube.com slash popcorn finance or just click the link in the show notes. As always, I appreciate you joining me here for yet another bag of popcorn. Hope you have an amazing rest of your week and I'll talk to you soon. Your boy keep it poppin' like Mary Poppins.